are that. Do you have your Bibles? Amen. Are you ready this morning? Say this with me. Are you ready? Big day. This is my Bible. I live by its truth. I walk in its light. I rest in its promises. I'm empowered by its love. I overcome by the faith produced from receiving this seed sown into my heart. Thank you, Father. By your spirit, you will do exactly that. Cause your seed to take root in our life and cause it to produce the harvest that it contains. Your life, your nature, your character in us. In Jesus' name. And somebody said... Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, we, we say that, but it's so true. You need to have things that you say over and over. You need reminders in your life. I don't just say it, but and being connected to the Word. Listen to what the Word of the Lord said this morning. Build your house upon the Word. People say, well, why are we called Solid Rock Faith Center? Because when we launch the church and we're playing the church, so we're going to start a church. What are we going to call it? I don't want to call it Don Pritchard Ministries. That's stupid. Amen. And so I don't want to call it crazy, but, but Matthew 7 says this. He that hears my word and does it is like a wise man that built his house upon the rock. And the floods came and the winds blew and the storms beat against it. And it did not perish, but it stood because it was built upon the rock. How many have ever experienced a flood, wind, rain, storms, challenges, adversity in your life? How do you get a, have a life that stands? To build it upon the Word of God. So if we're going to have a church, we want a church that's built on the Word. So if you come here, you're going to find out. I preach a lot of Word. I throw a lot of Scripture at you. I don't give you, bless God, Word. This is adult class. This is not kids' church. So I'm talking to adults. I figure I'm talking to people that want to know something. Are you doing all right? That want to grow, that be mature in the Lord, that want some substance in their life. And so we want to build and establish the Word of God in our lives. And so that's our goal. So be a person of the Word. Stand on the Word. Declare the Word. Remind yourself of the Word. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Uh, so, David, put that next scripture up. I'm going to read it to you out of the New Living Bible. But this morning, I'm going to talk to you about the river and the rain of the Holy Spirit. How many know you need help? And the Lord made provision for your help by sending the Holy Spirit to be with us. He is our helper. Jesus says, I'm going away, but I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to send the helper. The name of the Holy Spirit or the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to be our help and to be our aid. We love doing things on our own and then asking God to bail us out later. And if we were more reliant upon and, and accepted his help, then it's like I said last week when we were talking about God bringing provision and getting you out of things and blessing you when you decide to live for God. In fact, I heard something the other day that was very good is that, you know, God blesses you. But when you purpose to choose to be a good steward, God really blesses you because he owns everything. God owns everything. And, and as I heard that, I was going back and remembering what we were talking about. And that's really what happened to our life. When Pastor Sue and I really changed our perspective on stewardship and, and, and necessity and everything in our life and started living by that, we really began to see the provision of God and his blessing, not just needing a supernatural increase all the time, not just always needing to God bring a financial miracle, but God blesses you when you show good stewardship and he causes you to prosper. Amen? And so it's so important that we understand that and live by that and uh, put that into work in our life. And so the other part of that is that God gives us his help that we need, but we need to understand that we always need to be relying upon his help or, or calling upon his help in our lives or making ourselves available to receive his help. Are you with me? 
So Hosea says this. It says, oh, that we might know the Lord. How many know that's a good request? Oh, that we might know the Lord. Let us press on to know him. He will respond to us as surely as the arrival of dawn or the coming of rains in early spring. Verses 1 through 3 in the Living Bible says like this. Come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces. Now he will heal us. He has injured us. Now he will bandage our wound. It is just a short time. In just a short time, he will restore us so that we may live in his presence. Oh, that we might know the Lord. Let us, I love that, let us press on to know him. He will respond to us as surely as the arrival of dawn or the coming of rain in early spring. What would happen with Israel, Israel cycled. Uh, maybe you've done that in your walk with God. Israel would go with God and then they'd backslide. They'd go with God and then they'd backslide. They'd go with God and then they'd caught up in things of the world. And then they'd get in trouble and then they'd cry out for God to help. That's a whole book of Judges right there. The book of Judges is, we love you, God, we're in trouble, God. We love you, God, we're in trouble, God. We love you, God, we're in trouble, God. And every time they cried out, God raised up a deliverer, brought them back to himself and restored them. But every time they got in trouble, it's because of how they let things slip with God. They quit relying upon God. They became self-reliant. They thought they could handle it. Well, I know that happened to them, but that's not the way it'll work out for me. That's what every teenager tells their parent. I know you were stupid, but I'm smarter than you. I won't make any of the mistakes you made. I'm sorry you had such a bad childhood and everything else, but bless God, you've raised me better than that. Okay, let me know how that works for you. <laughs> Amen. So what we need is, we need the river and the rain of the Holy Spirit. And I want to talk to you just for a few moments on the difference between the river and the rain in our Holy Spirit, because there's going to be a coalition, because when we just rely on the river, we're relying on our own ability. And there's an area to that that is true. And God's given us his spirit as a river in our lives, as we're going to see. But also, we need the continual and we need to be hungry for the reign of God's spirit in our lives. So I have a lot of scripture in your outline this morning, and we're going to read through them. Look at the cover of your outline, and let's go through this. And it says, and it shall come to pass in the last days, said God, that I will pour out. Somebody say, pour out. I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. How many believe you're a son or a daughter of God? Okay, well, believe to prophesy. Amen. Don't come to church and say, oh, man, that's so awesome. We got a couple of people that prophesy every service. Well, why work them to death? Amen. Why just rely on them? You should prophesy. Paul said like this, desire to prophesy, seek, pursue, go after hunger for spiritual gifts and the manifestations of God in your life. Seek that you may prophesy because when you prophesy, you edify the body of Christ. And when you move into that realm, you're going, God, I'm excited. I no longer have to be a spectator. I get to be a participant. I want to be somebody you use to edify and strengthen and build up the body of Christ. Then church gets excited. You're not waiting for me just to excite you. You're coming excited already you come in and say man I hope pastor's fired up because I'm ready to go doing all right so your sons and your daughters shall prophesy your young men shall see visions your old men shall dream dreams praise the Lord I'm still a young man because I have visions not dreams glory to God watch this nevertheless he did not leave himself without a witness 
in that he did good, gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling our heart with food and gladness. So God is pouring out his spirit that comes from his presence. He's given us rain from heaven. James 5, verses 7 through 8 says this, Therefore be patient, brother, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. You also be patient. Establish your heart for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Amen. My grandfather pastored for 56 years. And every year at the beginning of the year, my mom said he preached a message. And it was entitled, this could be the year that the Lord comes. That's true. We live under the imminent return of the Lord. What the devil will tell you, and the devil is a great luller into sleep. He loves you to, to, let, to become relaxed, to lose your press, to lose your intimacy with God. I have pastor friends that say, well, if the Lord was coming back, he would have come by now. Well, I'm glad you're so deep. Praise the Lord. Amen. But in that area, everything happens, as Pastor Tim says, if you read your scriptures, everything happens at the appointed time and at the fullness of time. You're living in the age, and the Bible says, until the time of the Gentiles is fulfilled. How many know, are glad if you're believing for a loved one to be saved, how many are glad we still have some time? Amen. I'm glad we still have some time, but we live under the imminent return of the Lord. The Lord could come at any time. And if you look, as Pastor Tim was saying earlier, when we were praying earlier, when you look at world events, world events says we're closer than we've ever been before. So that's why James says, keep your hearts established for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Isaiah 55 says this, the rain and the snow come down from where? The heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. You see, there's a vast difference between watering the ground and rain upon the earth. They both are water, but they work differently. Both can water crops and produce a harvest, but in a much different way. So today we're just talking about the river and the rain. Amen. Come Holy Spirit. We need the river and we need the rain. How many could shout amen? amen. You see the word of God likens the Holy Spirit to both. A river within us and rain upon us. Think about this. The irrigation that can come from a river is restricted to proximity to the river. And to the ability to draw it out of its source and relocate its flow to the field to water the seed or the orchard. It cannot be done by just natural, by the natural flow of the river. Man must impose his influence upon the river. Now I want you to hear this this morning. We can go to a river, you can go to a stream, and you can interfere with the natural flow of that stream. You can redirect it to where you want it to go to produce what you want it to produce. How many know where I'm going right here? Many times that's what we do with God. God says, out of your innermost being shall flow a river of living water. Well, Lord, I'd like that river to flow over here and produce a harvest over here and produce over there. I'd like to irrigate this area. I'd like to irrigate that area. Amen. So man has to impose his influence upon the flow of the river. Man can use his power and might and creativity and ingenuity to draw water from the well and the river and pump it into barren land or make a sprinkler to imitate the rain and make the land respond as if rain was upon it. How many of you have ever flown over an agriculture area? You've been up in the field, you're flying cross country, and you look down on a clear day and you see these green circles. 
down on the ground. They're just these big, giant green circles. And, 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 and those are crop circles that are there, not the alien ones that they tell you about. But those are crop circles where, where they put a, a pivot irrigator, and in the middle of that circle, there's a well and, and a pipe that comes up, and, and then there's a rotating giant sprinkler on wheel that goes around and it spins around that circle. And the only place that's green is where the imitation rain is. The imitation rain is. It's the only place that's green is where the imitation rain is. Or where the rain that man has produced is. But everything outside the circle is what? Dry and barren and non-productive. Are you doing all right? So keep that in mind. So man uses his power. And before that, before we had sprinklers, see, to have sprinklers, you have to have electricity. You have, you have to have water pressure. You have to be able to pump that to make that happen. So with our involvement as, we, as, as we've grown and we've developed and, and, and we've created and become more, have, have more ingenuity. And now we have electricity and we've developed pumps. We've figured out how to do this. We have pipes that they flow in. We have all that stuff. We can become less reliant upon the rain. You doing all right? We don't even have to pray for rain because we can manufacture our own. Doing all right. Okay. And so we can make a sprinkler to imitate the rain and make the land respond as if it was rain upon it. But without rain, there will soon be nothing in the river to draw from. If there is no rain... The natural water table goes down. We're outside of a drought. Somebody say, thank God. But we had those years recently, and we'd drive by Folsom Lake. How many went down to Folsom Lake when the water was way down, and you walked through the, the, the old uh, 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 areas that were down there, the, the towns and stuff that was down there? We went down there. I picked up some nails and stuff. They told me I couldn't, but I put them in the pocket that they didn't check. Hallelujah. <laughs> They're just going to cover it with water again. It's like, you know, I'm just saying. Natural, national archives, whatever, underneath there. I guess they have scuba guys that go down to make sure they're still there. Anyway. But, 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 so, but, but the rain has subsided. So if you'd lived here for very long, you would have never known what was underneath there. But because of a lack of rain, even the reservoir that man had created to get, give him some assurance in times of dryness is now drying up, and now it's getting desperate because what we need, yes, we need more reservoirs, and we need that because our demand is greater, but we always need the rain. Doing all right? We need the rain. You see, the rain falls everywhere upon everything. There's a difference between the river and the rain. The rain falls everywhere and goes to where the river could never go. Not only does the rain water the land, but it is a supply that refills the source from which the river flows. Without the rain, the river would soon cease to flow. Amen. We need the rain. Could you say amen? Amen. We need the rain, the outpouring of God's spirit upon our life. Now, Jesus said, out of your innermost being. And it's one thing to say, well, I just have a river of God. But without the rain, without the fresh and continual outpouring of God's spirit upon our life, without walking in a fresh and continual relationship with God, there is a dryness that comes to the river of your life. We have to keep ourselves fresh in the rain of God. 
People say, yeah, but both can do the same thing. Man, by his effort, can make the river replace the rain for irrigation and production of crops and harvest. But it's still, it will always be based upon his strength and his resource to do it. See, when I quit relying on the rain, now I'm just relying on my own resources and my own strength and my own ingenuity. Stay with me. The rain needs nothing. Get this. If you don't get anything else out of this message, get this. The rain needs nothing from you. Except your agreement. It needs nothing from you, but it adds everything it is to you. Wow. The rain needs nothing from man, but adds all that it is to man. Man does not redirect the rain. He receives the rain and the harvest it produces. He only has to agree with the rain by placing seed in the ground with expectation of the coming rain. When rain comes, it produces harvest far harvest more far-reaching and expansive than the water drawn from the river ever could. Amen. We need the rain. Amen. So what are you, Pastor, what are you talking about? We need this. When we're praying over people, when we're praying over souls, those are our seeds in the ground. But God, we, we can't get enough, we can't direct enough of our little river to get to them, to water all them. So we need you to pour out your spirit because we have precious seed in the ground. We're expecting a harvest of souls. And God, the only way that harvest comes out, far-reaching harvest in every area that, 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 that we need it to reach to. And to every person in every crook and cranny and crevice of life, we need the rain to get to them to bring forth the harvest of eternal life in them. The only way that harvest is going to come by the outpouring of God's rain. We have in church and Christianity, we've learned how to take the river and we've directed it. And yes, we build buildings, we do all this stuff and we have all of our programs and our ideas and everything else. We we have marketing, we have technology, we have people watching on the international web. Thank you, Al Gore, for the internet. <laughs> Man of God, used greatly by God. Whatever. Anyway, but we have, a, and we begin relying on the river and all of our little streams of irrigation. And we quit seeking God for the rain. But if he sends the rain, something different happens. Are you with me? Something different happens. Think about it. Land without rain becomes dry, barren, and unfruitful. An extended season without rain, as I said, is called a drought. Rivers, lakes, and streams dry up when there is no rain. Churches do too, and people do too. We get dry. People get dry in their relationship with God. Never lose an appetite or a desire for God to pour His Spirit out upon your life. I'm a bit ahead of myself, but Paul said it like this. Don't be drunk with wine, but ever be being filled with the Spirit. Ever be being filled. Amen. Because so, when you go and, and rivers, water's going out of you in that water, God wants you to have a replenishing supply, a continual replenishing supply of His Spirit in your life, continually pouring over you, continually filling you. But that comes through a hunger. The Bible says we hunger and thirst after God. Amen. Are you with me? Amen. 
So think about that. In Scripture, the water in the ground was for drinking as a well of life to the individual. Rain upon the ground was for harvest. Wells were for drinking for life, for watering livestock and for man to drink from. The Lord declared that the land we are to live in and the life we are to have in and through Christ is to be different than our old life in the land of Egypt. See, when you got saved, Israel is a type of you. When you got saved, God delivered you out of the, the, the land of Egypt, out of your old life, out of sin, out of oppression, out of slavery to sin. And he's led you into the promise and into the kingdom of his son. Are you with me? And so in there, the conditions in his kingdom are different than the kingdom you were in. Colossians 1 uh, Colossians 1.13, he's taken you out of, translated you out of the kingdom of the power of darkness from under the power of darkness and brought you into the kingdom of the son of his love. You live in a different location with different provision, a different covering. Are you doing all right? Look at what the Lord said to Israel in Deuteronomy 11. It's there in your outline. Therefore, you shall keep every commandment of mine, <coughs> which I command you this day, <coughs> today, that you may be strong and go in and possess the land which you cross over to possess. Watch this. That you may prolong your days in the land which the Lord swore to give your father. goes back to even the word of the Lord this morning. Hold on and be obedient to God's word. Live by the word of God. Amen. Prolong your days in the land which the Lord your God swore to give your father to them and to their descendants. Why? A land flowing with milk and honey for the land which you go to possess is not like. Somebody say it's not like. Look at this. It's not like the land of Egypt from which you have come. What? Where you sowed your seed and watered it by foot as a vegetable garden. It's not that life with me and life in promise is not like life you had before. Over there, you had to sow your seed, you had to go to the well, you had to carry your stuff, and you had to irrigate, and you had to do all that. No, life with me won't be with that. Life in promise won't be. I'm bringing you into a land. Now, let me just say that I'm saying this because God said, this is what I'm bringing into you, but this is how you live in this land. You live by my word. Not your idea, your concepts, your standards. You live by the standard of my word. If you want to live by your standard, keep watering your own garden. That's exactly what God's telling them. You can live by my rain, or you can water your own harvest. Stay with me. It's not like the land of Egypt from which you have come, where you sowed seed and watered it by foot as a vegetable garden. But the land which you cross over to possess is a land of hills and valleys. Watch this. Which drinks water from the rain of heaven. A land... Which the Lord your God, for which the Lord your God care. The eyes of the Lord your God are always on it from the beginning of the year of the very, from the beginning of the year to the very end of the year. I don't know about you, I think I'll live there. I just think I'll obey God. I just think I'll say yes to his word. I think I'll live by his commands. Amen. People say, well, we're not under the law anymore, Pastor. We're under grace. Yeah, and that's a stupid response. <laughs> Just get your concordance and look up the word commandment. Jesus said like this, if you love me, keep my commandment. No, you're not under law, but you're under commandment. 
And the Lord said, keep my commands. Or in other words, live by my principles. God said, when God gives you the word, he says, these are the principles for life. And if you live by these principles, I will continually pour out the rain of heaven upon your life. And your life will be fruitful and you will multiply and you will live in the increase of heaven upon your life. Amen. You know, I didn't actually go to college, but I have a PhD. I do. I really do. Stands for past having doubts. I'm past having doubts. Amen. I'm a doctor of I believe. I'm doctor I believe. I believe the word. I believe God will. Are you listening to me? We said, well, go get, a, go get a PhD, and now we call you doctor. Doctor of what? I'd rather, I'd just choose to be a doctor of I believe. Amen. Amen. I have a degree, and I believe. What? I believe what God said. Well, I know somebody. Oh, good. I didn't know that person. I still believe. Are you doing all right? Yeah. I, I said, and, and, and I didn't say it, but I, I posted it. I made a meme out of it. I don't know whatever meme means. But, but I made a post. Because the other day... I just started listening to people and start watching people. And this is what you always need to remember. Never filter God's word through your experience. How many have a water filter in your house? You have one in, if you have a refrigerator now, it's got a filter in there. And so you filter your water through that. Your water comes through that filter and gets purified. But this is what we do. We filter God's word through our experiences. Instead of filtering our experiences through God's word. Never filter God's word through your experiences. Filter your experience through his word. Because if you filter this through your experiences, you will take all the power out of it. Your answer will end up with fear, doubt, and unbelief. But if you filter your experience through this, you'll come away believing God. Established and fixed and firm in your faith. Are you doing all right? So look what the Lord said. Look at the next page of your outline, if you would. You're making me go slower than I need to go. Watch this. We make a grave mistake when we combine the water of the river and rain together as one definition and purpose. The Holy Spirit is both the river within us and rain upon us and distinctly different in purpose and definition. And I'm not going into all this this morning, but in Christianity today, people have combined the river and the rain together. The Holy Spirit is one lump thing. When you get saved, you get it all. That's why there's so much division and confusion around the Holy Spirit. When God says he does this, the Holy Spirit moves as a river. He'll be in you as a river, and he'll be upon you as rain. As something in you works differently than something upon you. Amen. You, you, are, you are close. When the Bible says God said he'd pour out your spirit and you would be endued with power, it means clothed with power. So clothing is upon us, but then he said he would be in us and life is within it. So he's in me for life. He's upon me to clothe me with this power. How many know being clothed with power is a completely different operation than life within you? 
two distinctive works of the Holy Spirit, and you need them both. But people have settled just to have life within them and are afraid to be clothed with power. Because when you're clothed with power, you start doing the things that God said would happen in your life. And one way that he said that you would know that you had been clothed with power, he said, I will pour out my spirit upon you. And one way that manifests every time the spirit of God comes upon you, there's a manifestation that comes with it. And usually it's a vocal manifestation. And with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it came with the evidence of speaking another tongue. Hear that, the evidence of speaking another tongue, the evidence that you had been clothed. How will I know when I receive? When Peter went to Cornelius' house and he was preaching to them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and he, the evidence was that he heard them speak with the other tongue and they began to prophesy and they said, hey, that's the evidence that they have received the same clothing and acceptance before God. Amen. Amen. And so, but what Christianity has done, we've done this because the devil does not want you clothed with power. Because life in you, he's fine. Listen, the devil is fine with you staying saved and going to heaven by yourself. He's not bothered losing one. He just doesn't want to lose two or 2,000 that would be connected to your life. Are you listening to me? So he doesn't want you clothed and endued with power. He wants you just believing that you're saved, that you're okay, that you take care of yourself, live your own little selfish individual Christian life. But when you're clothed with power, something begins to move in you where you have a greater compassion and a care for the world around you. The Holy Spirit causes you to see the harvest and it begins to move upon your life to do something about it. And then you go, well, how can I do it? And you go, well, wait a minute. I don't have any ability. I can't remanufacture that. How do I get the river to work? He says, it's not going to come out of your river, son. It's not going to come out of your river, daughter. It's going to come because I'm going to rain upon you. And the rain that's going to come upon you is going to endure you with power. And when you go out, you know, this is not by might, not by power, but by his spirit. Glory to God. Amen. So watch this. We make that mistake of lumping them all together. Jesus declared in John 7, out of your innermost being, read it, it's there in your outline, on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him should receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Think about it. But how was the promise of the Spirit to be given? God declares his Spirit would be poured out like a downpouring, flooding the empty reservoir of man's heart to flood stage. And then there would come an ensuing river flowing out of him unto life. Glory to God. Amen. Here in Joel, Joel prophesied it. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see vision. And also on my men servants and my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Thank God we're in those days. 
Amen. In those days. I'm so excited about that. Watch this. And the Lord said, and I gave you a whole bunch of other scriptures that deal in the book of Acts with the baptism and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Ask the Lord for rain. Nehemiah. This was my pastor's life verse that God gave him. Zechariah 10 and verse 1. And the Lord told him, if you will ask me for rain, I will always answer. Amen. And he lived asking God to pour his spirit out. Ask the Lord for rain in the time of latter rain. This is the day of latter rain. Amen. It's not something that's coming. It's not a future revival. You are living in the age of the latter rain. In the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. So during this time, we are in the latter rain. Years ago, there was the latter rain movement. Then people go, with well, that movement gone. The latter rain never ended. People gave up, but the latter rain never ended. Are you doing all right? Praise the Lord. Because what happens is, and young people listen to me. This is what happens. Every generation, one generation gets it, and they get passionate. Every young person in here, man, if you're in your teens, 20s, 30s, 40s, in that era, you're a young person. Glory to God. If you're in 60s, you're just a little older young person. Amen. I'm in my prime. Glory to God. How many want to run like, he said he'd restore, renew our youth. Glory to God. I'm not ready to be suckered in my old age. Amen. And keep your bottle to yourself. Amen. I'm still ready to run. But, but what happens is every generation starts running with God. And then when you're running, you need somebody else to come along and run behind you. But if nobody picks that up and runs with you, then movements lapse. Until somebody gets stirred up again. And then a new movement starts. But just in people, because people change and generational changes come and there's a lapse or a lull, it doesn't mean that God quit. It didn't mean we moved out of the latter rain. We've always been in the latter rain. Since the day of Pentecost, the rain's been pouring. Amen? God fulfilled that word. Praise the Lord. Now watch this. It says this. Repent, ask the Lord for rain, and I will give them showers of rain, grass in the field for everyone. Somebody say, it's time. Send the rain. Amen. Look what it says in Acts 3. It says this. Repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. So the times of refreshing may come from where? The presence of the Lord. How many know rain refreshes the land? How many could use a refreshing in your life? Come on, it's 2020. Start a new year. Freshing God, filled up, on fire for God. God stirred things up. If you get well, well, you know, maybe you got up today. Well, it's a Sunday. And you look at it, should we go? What do you think? I don't know. Yeah, I guess we should. If that's what got you here, you need some rain. (laughs) Amen. If you only came, yeah, I guess we should. If we don't, you know. What? No. You said, yeah, come on. It's time. There's nothing. I don't know what it is about being in the presence of God's people. That is so different. I worship God by myself. I get at my office. I get in my car. Wherever I am, I can worship God. But when I worship with you in here, in the atmosphere of God's people together, it is so different. It is the pre- God's corporate, the body of Christ form. And, and he said, look, when, when we come together, we build this place, and he inhabits that place by his spirit. He's in us. He lives in us. But he comes in here in a different manifestation and a fullness of who he is. 
Praise the Lord. Amen. So watch it. From the principle, and that he may send Jesus Christ who was preached to you before, whom heaven must receive, watch this, until the restoration of all things. So Jesus, until the restoration of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of his holy prophet since the world began. And, and I'm putting together a lesson on this to take you from eternity past to eternity future. And the title of it is, What's God Doing in the Earth? What are we a part of? What are you a part of? But it says here that you're a part of something that God is bringing to pass. You and I are part of something that God is bringing to pass. Listen to it. That's been spoken since the world began. World. Time. Your world. This space. Parenthetical space called time. A parenthetical space in eternity is where you and I are. And God's doing something specific in here. But if you don't understand what happened before, and you don't understand what's going to happen after time is gone, we get this kind of confused. All right, that's coming. Praise the Lord. That's an advertisement. Usually I watch TV, and so on TV they pause and give an advertisement. That was my advertisement. There you go. Watch it. Hear this. Refreshing is not a season or a time that comes from a river or man. Refreshing is not a season or a time that comes from a river or a man. Refreshing comes from rain that God sends upon your life and my life. As the worship team comes back. Water in the ground is always different from water upon the ground. The rain falls upon the ground for a different purpose than the water that flows through the ground. They are uniquely connected and similar, while at the same time distinctly different in purpose. Rain is a supply and the river is a source, but rain is a source of the river supply. Planting can be by a river, but harvest in the field comes from the rain. I want you to hear that, church. Harvest in the field will come from the rain. We can be planted in the house of God. And I want you planted here. I want you fixed here. I want you established in the things of God. My, my, my job as your pastor is to make sure you look good in heaven. Really. When you get there that you know. Because everybody, listen. Every, every one of us is going to stand before God and give an account for this life. Of the works done in this life. My job is to help you when you stand there not be in trouble. Amen? And so that, that's the job of the ministry, to get us to where we stand before God, we're accepted, and we get something out of that. Amen? I want to come through the fire with something other than charred underwear. Are you doing all right? Because the Bible said that, that, that everything we've done will be tried as by fire. And only the stuff that makes it through the fire is our reward. My job as your pastor to make sure you get through the fire with some stuff with you that makes it. And part of that stuff that makes it, and let me put you like this, you know what the treasure of heaven is? Do you know what the precious stones and, 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 and jewels of heaven are? You! Soul. God doesn't care anything about this world. He didn't care anything about this temporal play. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth and a holy city and a new Jerusalem and the glory of God. 
When people, people ask, can we turn the lights down? I kind of like, no. Say, why? Because when you get to heaven, there is no darkness. There's not even a, God is light and in him is light. And there is, there's, you, you, can't, you won't even see a shadow in heaven. You will be in light for all of eternity. Do you know why we like to turn things down in here? Because we're too self-conscious. If you're worshiping your self-conscious, you need some rain where you get back to being God-conscious. If you need the lights turned down, close your eyes. Worship God. Every time I close my eyes, I'm in darkness. Praise God. They turned down the lights. This is awesome. I love you, Lord. You can close your eyes and act like nobody can see you. Amen. But the reason we're like, you, you know where they turn the lights down? In bars. In places where people don't want to be seen what they're doing. Anyway, that wasn't even in my message. I don't know what I'm talking about that. But it creates a better atmosphere. What atmosphere do you need besides Him? If, he, if God walked in here and the lights were off, we could turn all the lights off. If Jesus walked in you, go, go, go Oh, man. Go with me to Revelation chapter 1. I want to see the Lord. Well, you're not going to see him in darkness. Revelation chapter 1 verse, verse 12. John's praying on the Isle of Atma. He's in the spirit on the Lord's day. He's out on this island and he hears behind him. And suddenly I heard behind me a voice like a trumpet blast. In verse 11 it said, Write a book, everything you see, and send it to the seven churches in the, in the cities of Ephraim, Samaria, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. And when I turned around to see who was speaking to me, I saw seven gold lampstands. The lights were on. And standing in the middle of the lampstands was someone like the Son of Man. He was wearing a long robe and a gold sash across his chest. His head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes like flames of fire. And his feet were like polished bronze, refined in a furnace. Everything about him was glowing. Voice of thundered like mighty ocean's waves. He held seven stars in his right hand. Stars are light. Can you say amen? In his right hand. And a sharp two-edged sword came out of his mouth. And his face was like the sun in all of its brilliance. Woo! Come on, Jesus. Amen. Let him show up in the brilliance of his glory. Amen. Let me put you like this. When you encounter God, he delivers you from yourself. And the only thing you want to do is behold his faith. And it doesn't matter who's around you because you're no longer thinking about them. You're just focused on who he is. And you just want to behold him in the beauty of his glory and his splendor. Amen. Hallelujah. Man, I thought I'd get through this. Maybe, no. Hear me. Rain is supply and river is a source. You can read the rest of these scriptures. But I'll give you this. Rivers and lakes and streams dry up. Hear it again when there is no rain. 
No rain produces dryness, barrenness, drought, and it diminishes harvest. Eldorado County needs to see a harvest. Need a harvest. The harvest is going to come when we ask for rain. Our sin can cause the rain of heaven to be shut up from our lives. Repentance is the key to times of refreshing. That's what we read in Hosea. Deuteronomy 11 verses 16 says this, Take heed to yourself, lest your heart be deceived and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them, lest the Lord's anger be aroused against you. Listen, and he shut up the heavens so that there be no rain and the land yield no produce. Leviticus says, If you walk in my statutes and keep my commands and perform them, then I will give you rain in its season. The land shall yield its produce and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. The last part of that verse says, and the sword shall not go through your land. Come on, we can cause the sword to be lifted from our land. Amen? And even for us, you might be here today and tell Father, when you read Ezra and Nehemiah, you find out that these men repented for the sins of those around them and for their nation. This is all in connection with rain and not with rivers, streams, or reservoirs. We need to ever be being filled with the Spirit being poured out upon our life. It's easy for us to rely upon our resources and abilities to cause the rain, river to produce like the rain and redirect the flow for harvest by our own strength instead of thirsting for the rain of heaven upon the dry land and barrenness of our lives. Would you stand with me this morning? You see, today man loves to major in the river with the thought that he needs no more rain. Some even say that the rain is not for today. But I say, Lord, let it rain. Let it rain. God, send the rain. Father, pour out your spirit upon our heart as the rain of heaven. Bring your refreshing to the barren lands of our hearts. You know, I don't know. We go up here in seasons when they don't have much snow. They figured out how to freeze water and spray it out on the mountain when it's cold and make man-made snow. But for me, I don't want to ski on man-made snow. And I don't want a revival from man-made rain. I want the real deal. Amen? I want the real deal. As they begin to lead us, this is all I'm asking. If you're hungry for the rain, if you want to see the rain poured out, maybe your life is perfect for God. There's nothing you need to correct or get right. Maybe you're up to date in your repentance. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Maybe you could pray today for our nation. Maybe you could be like Jeremiah who knelt down and said, Father, forgive the sins of our fathers. Forgive the mistakes we've made as a people. Maybe you would tap in and take some corporate accountability before God and stand up and begin to pray for our nation. Ask God to pour His rain out upon us. We need rain upon our nation. Our nation has never been more divided, more divisive, more, more, more angry, more, more just hostile and volatile and, and, and just ugly than it is today. We need the reign of God. There is a dryness in our land. There is a dryness and a barrenness for truth, for justice, for peace in our land. We need God's reign. Maybe you would just move to this altar today with me and ask God for the reign. Maybe you're here today and you've never been baptized with the Holy Spirit. If you're hungry and you've just been living by the river, but you want the baptism of the Holy Spirit in your life, I'll meet you right over here and we'll pray with you.